welcome to another episode of The Heartbeat. I'm here with my friend Marco, who I have seen uh, have a different style of relationship than most, and it's also been an inspiration in um, how your relationship is presented. I know you've talked about it a little bit on social media from what I've seen. You also have a brand around it, um, and I'm excited for this conversation just because of the, the, the man that you are how shortly I've known you. Um, I mean, I can feel your heart and seeing the relationship uh, be so unconventional and making it work. And a lot of my uh, intention for the Heartbeat Podcast and a lot of the work that I'm doing now recently is kind of showing people what other people are doing because uh, the model of relationships that we grew into isn't really what we're aspiring to. Um, and people don't see, uh, they have a lack, they look around and there's a lack of success in relationships, yeah. I think. Yeah. And so I'm wanting to highlight what's possible and how people have made it work. Not saying that there's one answer because there's definitely not, but people have found a way to make it work for them. And I, I see that you have found a way to make it work for you, my friend. Yeah. So I'm excited to talk definitely. today. Oh man, I, I'm I'm excited. Uh, it's always an honor, um, one, to have communication with you. Like I really admire the type of content you put out, um, the type of intention and person that you are. So this is exciting for me. Um, I know we were just talking about like, I'm trying to create more friendships. And I'm like, if we just got to have more podcasts, <laughs> then great. I saw <laughs> so this my... meme, actually. I saw this meme that was like, um, I made a new friend today. And then in brackets, it was like podcast host. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh like, yeah. 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 I mean, navigating, <laughs> navigating a lot of stuff, but I think, um, if you queued it up, you, like you said, we have an, um, living in an unconventional relationship. So, um, me and my partner in what we call a free relationship and in that free relationship, the bounds of what what we desire for ourselves and for everybody else is to be freed from any chains or any like have tos or any shoulds that are, are coming in their lives from how they grew up or from their parents or from religion or from anything. And instead looking at the world for like this blank slate, like if I could look at relationship, look at myself, look at my identity as this blank slate where I could paint whatever it is that I want, right? with no judgment for whether or not it's right or wrong and then look at it together and say hey does that look like a good painting and then we both <laughs> as a team say oh yeah i like that painting or maybe you know we say well you know that looks a little it's a little too much red over there like why don't we add some yellow but we're constantly there as a team looking at whatever kind of way that we want to engage in our relationship and, it, and it's free to fluctuate all the time so that's, that's like probably the baseline of it is we, we don't have a set format that we're relying on as much as the format is that it will constantly change and we will always agree to what that change is. By fluctuate, you mean what? Yeah, so uh, type and style, um, you know, agreements that we may have, things that work for us or don't work for us. So um, I, I have a poem that I actually wrote around this and I, I the easiest way for me to explain it when I think of it is it, it speaks about you know, the freedom to make mistakes, the freedom to change your mind, um, the freedom to have a bad day, the freedom to decide that you want to be in a different kind of relationship one day. And there's, there's none of this like, but you said that we were this for this many years. It's like, if I up and decide tomorrow, like right now, 
we have more of an, and what people would view as like an open relationship dynamic. If I decided tomorrow, you know what, I want to be monogamous. It wouldn't be like, Oh, I can't believe that you changed your mind. It would be more leaning into the curiosity of like, Oh, interesting. So why do you want to be monogamous now? Let, let's talk about that. So nothing is off the table, right? That's the, mm. the level of freedom that gets created in our world. That's awesome. I think there's, there's a lot on that. I think mainly like, your own personal identity to be yeah. able to be everything, nothing and yes. fluctuate between whatever you want to be in any given day and moment. <laughs> and then mm -hmm. finding another human that's like that too. I think that might be a beautiful uh, cause of the, how the free relationship. hundred percent. hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's a yeah. lot of, a lot of this, um, I'd say that was so interesting about this um, relationship that we have is it's been the most personally growing experience that I have probably ever chosen in my life. That's what they're for, right. right? And it's like if any if anybody thinks like just as quickly as a toxic relationship can be the most damaging thing for you <laughs> in your life, <laughs> yeah. a healthy relationship can help reveal so many things for you. Because through through my relationship with Anna, I've created a level of acceptance for myself that I never gave to me, right? Mm. Just by presenting the dark parts of me, the shadow parts of me, and like testing the waters of like, Hey, so I don't know if you know about this thing that I like, and then sitting back and, and seeing like, does the relationship explode or she look at it and then hug it. And in mm. every moment that we have an opportunity for us to reveal a part of us and still love that part, we grow in deeper connectivity with each other and obviously in deeper connectivity with self. And that's available for anybody. Well, it takes a lot of courage to go there. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. 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 <laughs> How long have y'all been together? Uh, we're now at three and a half years. Yeah. Three and a half years. Awesome. Mm -hmm. When did you know? When was it like, damn? Oh, immediately. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's really funny because, um, in the, in the coaching work and none of my, none of my clients, uh, take this as if I'm speaking about you, but there's a lot of times when I'm coaching couples, or I'm mm -hmm. giving like support for even a single person in a relationship. And ah, as much as I want to give them like communication tips and all that stuff, sometimes I see it and I'm just like, y'all should just break up. Um, and, and, yeah, and part yeah. of that, part of it is not just because of the experience that I had that like when I, when me and Anna met, it was like an, an immediate fuck yes. But it's also this feeling of um, something I've been um, writing about and, and battling with a lot is like the, the context of you can love and can create a good relationship with anybody, right? Technically, it's possible. And I remember I read The Power of Now and there was a moment where I had this existential crisis and I was like, wait a second, if we're all one and, 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 and anything is possible, then like what would separate me from dating any Jane, Joe, Blow, Smo, Flow in the world than Anna, it would be totally just my preference, right? So when I, when I think about my own preferences and I say, well, when I meet somebody that I can feel that love and all those wonderful things, the horniness and the attraction, all that shit, and they also appeal to so many of my preferences. She likes dancing. I like dancing. Like we like, you know, going out and socializing. She likes going out and socializing. Like then I, then I'm there. And, and I've seen too many times people being in relationships where they find 
like like a few things that work and then they try to work on the like 50 other things that totally yeah. don't work and not recognizing like hey you might just like four things about this person and that's okay like but but don't don't decide in your mind that now you have to work to try and find a way to make all of this sync like me and anna's relationship we synced from day one then now all the work we're doing in the rest of the relationship is working on the relationship not working on whether or not we're compatible huge which is a lot of work in itself already <laughs> <laughs> right yeah no that, that's so true i mean i've seen it too as a relationship coach you know like people just so desperately holding on to make it work and sure yeah. you can learn but um that's why compatibility is really important huge yeah. very huge Ooh, have i learned a lesson on that one several times <laughs> several times bro oh my gosh i don't learn it yeah, I don't. I don't know what format um, you want to you want to go on this, but I like I have so many fucking stories. Share <laughs> yeah, them, man. Hey, I'm I'm open. Like wherever the wind takes. Um, oh my gosh! Yeah, I, like, what, I guess one that comes to mind. Share. Yeah, yeah I, So it's funny because I, I just remembered um, this was happening about like two three weeks ago. I was scrolling through some old uh, text messages and um, some email writings with my, the last person that I was in a monogamous relationship with, right? And shouts out to her, she's an amazing human being. Um, and at the same time, it was so clear how much incompatibility we had. Like, I saw all of it, I wrote about it, I'm this fucking, like, I love journaling and I love analyzing, yeah. like, I just don't understand what's not working. I mean, like, we like <laughs> almost none of the same things, but I love her so much. <laughs> you oh, think shit. but but it's like what what ends up happening is confusing these feelings of like of of love of connection of like you know but i love her and i see so much for her and all these things which i think is part of the part of why the relationship became so powerful is that we're sometimes meeting people and trying to force fit them into one specific role when like mm -hmm. now me and my ex great friends great friends could create a great business together. Like that's what we did in our relationship. And our relationship was mainly about that and all the rest of the things that we both look for in a more romantic relationship, we weren't really matching up on. And we spent so many years trying to force those things to fit together because of course, I mean, we can't possibly love each other this much and be so compatible in, in, in these five ways and not be able to work on these other 20 and the the possibilitarian inside of me who thinks like there's always a way can actually become mm, how do I say like that that superpower can be my greatest strength and my greatest weakness right I can I can try and work on things to exhaustion I'm like well wait there's there's one thing that we haven't tried I mean have we tried ayahuasca yet well have we tried like I don't know. <laughs> dating other people for a week like have we and we're like you're trying all these things and not seeing the writing on the wall and, and the, the writing on the wall that actually came to me just recently this is a fucking multi-trillion dollar thought thing that just dropped on my heart just within the past week is i started looking at all of my relationships and I started looking at like friendships, um, romantic relationships, jobs, anything. And I said, okay, there's a few key questions that start coming up for me. One is 
what is my ideal version of this thing, right? Mm -hmm. My ideal job, my ideal relationship, my ideal whatever. Great. Okay. How much do I believe that I can actually have that ideal, right? Because obviously if there's a belief that's lacking where I'm like, yeah, but that just sounds too far-fetched, then I will probably slot into the settling that a lot of people do. It's like, yeah, you know, I mean, this relationship's okay, but I can't really have better, right? <laughs> so like, if you don't believe it, then of course you're gonna be in that same baseline relationship. Then I say, okay, cool. And if I compared my ideal to the relationship that I'm currently in, what would I rate it, right? Mm. And I get hella nerdy on this. I'm talking like down to every quality. I usually do like, I got 20 qualities of my ideal relationship. Like it's honesty, yeah. it's communication, right? It's curiosity. How, how honest from one to 10 do I rate this person? How honest, how curious from one to 10 do I rate this person? And what ends up happening is I see the math and then I start thinking like, all right, so I'm in a relationship that's a five compared to my ideal of a 10, right? Then I say, okay, I know that you have this belief. I know you have this thought that maybe we can get it there. How much effort will it take for you to get it there? And how much do you believe that it's possible for you to get it there, right? Measure that. Mm -hmm. Then go back to the ideal. How much effort do you think it would take for you to find that ideal? And how much do you believe that? Compare those two things and within the gaps of those, you can find some magic. What came up for me recently, and I've done this with actually a friendship, is I started realizing that the friend that I was having, uh, the friendship that I had, was mainly serving the other person, wasn't really serving me that much. And I, even though I have a lot of belief in what it can be, the effort it takes for me to just create friendships with people that are serving me is like nothing. <laughs> so as I, as I walk through that and I think about what it means to honor and value yourself in relationship, it started, it started dawning on me that for every relationship that I'm in that is so far from my ideal that I'm living in a hope and possibility world with, I am actually devaluing my energy, I'm devaluing my time. I'm saying that even though it's possible for me to create something that would far more serve me and the other person, I'd rather sit here and just like grind away in this difficult relationship to try and force it to become something that I can easily create somewhere else. Right. Well, I think of a, an underlying point on that is you have an abundance mindset with it. You know, yeah. I can easily yeah, you have create to. again. Yeah. And some people, especially if their experience of love has been scarce, they find one good thing and they're like, I'm never oh, going to hold on like this again. And that's, yeah. that's why they hold on for so long. I think. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, I mean, that's a, a really good point. Cause I will say that, um, you know, something that came up for me when I looked back on those situations is I know that my perspective on that now being with Anna is obviously very different than even just a few years ago. Cause now, yeah. now I've found somebody where I, I know what's possible. Right. So the whole, you know, concept of the ignorance is bliss is like, well, now that I see, this type of relationship, then when I feel that I'm in a relationship that is far less than that, it's very obvious. I understand the signature of it, right? Like, I, I'm not like, this is as good as it gets. I'm like, oh no, I know that it's better than this because I'm already in a relationship that's better than it. <laughs> so that, so crossing, crossing that chasm um, takes a lot of deep honesty and deep honesty for a few different areas, right? And like, not only honesty about the kind of relationship that you're in, 
but honesty about that question of belief and effort, right? Because if you're, if you're honest about the fact that you don't believe that it could get better, then that's, that's now an internal like deep dive for you. Like, Oh, so wait. So if I'm, if I'm really being real about why I'm in this relationship, it's because I'm afraid that I can't get something better. I've, I've put myself into the mindset. Then I start asking the questions I always ask, is this in line with the kind of world I want to create? Do I want to create the kind of world where I'm making decisions from the space of my fear and not from my abundance where I'm literally sitting here thinking that, and I, I always say this, like I'm thinking that this wonderful benevolent universe only has this one half-ass shitty, but potentially under construction opportunity for me rather than believing that there's something out there better for me. And maybe even if I haven't seen it yet, that I still get to hold on to that. And that that's not easy though. Like you just said, it's not like, I can't sit here and act like I don't have a, a biased lens because of what I've seen. Right. Mm -hmm. But it, that is still the core thing to tap into. Like, do I have that belief? Do I have that belief? Oh man. Just turning back the reflection on you. It's really like doing the inner work on that. Yeah. Um, I have a question about your relationship because I know that getting a sense of safety is really important. And especially yeah. with your partner, creating safety is important. I think for a large majority of people, I would probably say myself included to some extent, um, get a sense of safety from a label, mm -hmm. calling mm -hmm. it monogamous or calling yeah. it open or calling it something. And yours is extremely free and fluid. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and uh, that's a, both appealing. And I can also say uh, somewhat like edgy of okay shit well where's my safety in this so how do you guys find safety um for each other and support each other in that in that constant fluidity because isn't i mean just my own personal experience it's enough trying to find it with my, within myself when i can mm -hmm. say i'm everything and what do i yeah. want to be today and whatever to find my own grounding in that let alone with another person yeah yeah no that's a, that's a great question um there's a few things uh for us is in, instead of it being rooted in a title um, or a single agreement, it's more rooted in our values and the direction that we desire the relationship to go in. And that safety is reinforced by continuous communication. Hmm. Right. So I think there's, there's a few core things that really support us. And I've said this so many times, and it's one of the most beautiful things that I love about our relationship is we have a commitment to each other's joy and highest joy. We do not have a commitment to us staying together in the kind of relationship that we're in. We do not have a commitment to it needing to stay polyamorous. We don't have a commitment to me needing to even live with Anna. Like it's like the concept is, hey, I am committed to your joy. You are committed to my joy and I am committed to my joy so if we, if we stay with that as our North Star, then I know that at any moment that you or me are feeling like, hey, this doesn't really make me happy, we're fucking communicating that, right? And as, as we're communicating that, because we're looking at conflict and we're looking at problems as two people on both the same side, the same team, staring at the problem, then that problem is over there. So even when it's a 
personal issue that I'm going through, or it's something that seems like, well, you know, I've heard this in so many relationships. That sounds like your problem. Like you need to go, you know, do your self work. And I'm like, I will never be in a relationship like that. Cause I, I say this shit all the time. Like I am not responsible for how you feel. I am responsible for how I choose to support you. So me and Anna continually stay in the supportive base of like, hey, how can I support you? So if she's feeling jealousy, if she's feeling like, hey, I don't feel like you're not like really supporting me with our son, or if I'm feeling like, hey, you know, I feel like I, you know, I'm stressed out and I'm handling too much on the work side, whatever, then we talk about it. We have communication. And we know we know that at the end of the day, rather than there being a a rule on how we're supposed to solve things, the reason why it becomes even safer is because every tool is available for us. So mm. like, so in, in, in my world, I'm like, oh shit. So when we have a problem or when we run up on uh, against an issue, we have an open wardrobe of like, call it like the Narnia wardrobe, of like a fantasy land of any possibility that we could use to solve it. So the, at that point, the only reason why a problem would stay a problem is because we actually aren't aligned. In which case, going back to the very first principle of are we aligned to each other as a relationship or aligned for each other's joy, it would then be in our joy to also break up. So it would still still fall right in the same thing of like, we're doing a great job. We broke up. Good job, guys. <laughs> Has that happened yet? Uh, oh yeah, oh, we, we we've broken up a few times. Um, the breakups are usually more emotional breakups from uh, Anna. I love you, Anna. Um, she, <laughs> she sometimes she gets stressed out, and it's it's like it's interesting because I think this is a uh, somebody had posted something recently, and I re I shared it about um, you know open relationships and things that are non traditional, and thinking that when you hear the way that we speak about relationship that maybe like we don't have any problems or anything. It's like, no, 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 we just have tools to deal with the problems when they come up. And because of the level of openness and honesty um, and sharing that we do, we probably have an even higher rate of the number of issues that we end up dealing with because they're not stuffed in a closet, like waiting to explode three years later. They're like, like daily conversations. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So yeah, we break up for like, a few hours sometimes and then I'm like, really Anna? And this <laughs> we get back together. <laughs> I joke with her. I'm like, you do realize because this is a free relationship, we can't actually ever like not be in a relationship. <laughs> yeah. It's just it would just change. change. Yeah, it would just change the way it looks. <laughs> and that, and that's actually actually and then I'll, I'll, I'm gonna shut the fuck up. Um that's actually something that's really interesting about relationship to me, because even when we think about romantic relationship, it's like the boundaries of what what we believe a romantic relationship to be are the only thing that is fixing the relationship in place in the way that we say um, we receive safety from it, right? But the reality is, is, I say this all the time, I'm like, I'm in a relationship with the whole world right now, right? Like I'm in a relationship with my Uber driver, I hop in the Uber and the boundaries of a relationship are, I get in the car, you show up at the location, um, maybe we'll have some chit chat, you you know, don't like shit on me or call me names or whatever. I give you a decent rating and we leave, right? That's it. So the, the, the depth of what's expected in the relationship is like smaller, but it's still a relationship, 
so when we start thinking about relationships that we're in um, and deciding like, is this a real relationship or not? It's like, well, everything's a real relationship. It's just how many different agreements and, and what are you trying to create in from an expectation standpoint with this person versus the Uber driver? I'm not gonna go to the Uber driver and share my life story because I don't have an intention of creating a much deeper relationship with them, right? But with Anna, I will. I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> you got to you got to shut me up because I'm oh, dude, this excited this about this. <laughs> Just flowing with it, I love it. No, I, no, not. Don't need to apologize at all on that. <laughs> that was valuable for a lot of people that are tuning in, listening. Awesome. Um, yeah, man, I was just being present, listening. Uh, you kind of touched on expectations, yeah, and, um, rules, yeah. I think you mentioned. Uh, being committed to each other's joy. What others mm. do you have? Ah, uh, yeah. I mean, I think in in that joy, um, there's also a set of our core values. Mm. So honesty um, is a huge one. Huge one. Um, I've I've never been in a more honest relationship, and I never created a deeper relationship with what true honesty means than in my relationship with Anna. Like I used to think, and this is really funny, like I remember um, there was actually an ex that I had that I cheated on the first time. First time I ever cheated on on somebody. And um, through the process of that cheating, um, there was I think maybe like a few months into cheating, she asked me um, whether or not I was cheating on her. And I told her because one of my big rules as an identity story was I never lie. Mm. So, I never had to lie the entire time. So I'm like, I'm still, I'm still doing good, right? Oh, holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> I never lied, right? Like, but that, that's a construct that I had created for myself of what I thought like honesty was. So moving from that to wow. this very proactive honesty, which is like what, you know, we hold as our form of understanding what honesty means is this deep honesty and integrity with ourselves, with our body, with our emotions, with our thoughts, with our partner, and with every single part of us. So recognizing that while I'm in a relationship with somebody that I love to death, and I'm like, oh man, you're the greatest thing in the world, there's still some part of me that's probably like, mm, I don't know, is there something better, right? Mm -hmm. and, and it's okay for us to be honest about that, even if that part is like 5% of you, right, then that's, that's the whole you showing up. So the, the thought is that when I come to the table, I think these two things are, are really cores. Like if we, if we talk about being committed to being on a team with each other and here for each other's joy, and then tying that together with proactive honesty, which automatically means that we're communicating all the little things that are happening. I've, I've said this so many times, but I, I imagine it like a plane um, and the plane is flying and it's, it's typically it's flying like, like off course all the time. And then, you know, it makes little one degree corrections, right? So I, I always love giving this example of like, if you and your partner are lined up and then there's a thought that you have, or there's a, mm, I don't know, something that you want to hold back from them, right? Then it creates that little one degree separation. And then over time, that one degree becomes this huge chasm, right? Between the two of you. 
And if you're waiting, you know, what typically happens is we wait until our back is against the wall until we, I just can't take it anymore. And now it's like months have gone by, a year has gone by, and you haven't shared this thing that is like bugging you about your partner or bugging you about yourself. Like, you know what? Sometimes it'll be the thought of, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm in a monogamous relationship and um, you know, that, that, that girl at the motherfucking Starbucks, like she's sort of cute. I've been talking to her. I sort of like her, but you know, I'm not going to mention that because I don't want to, I don't want to rock the boat. Right. But, but over time you spend, you know, six months going to Starbucks every single day. And not, now you're like going out of your way to go to Starbucks and like <laughs> you want to talk to her all the time and it's become this big thing. And by the time you address it now, instead of it being this little one degree correction, it's this huge chasm <clears throat> that slaps mm. and it's like a huge thing. So for us, that that commitment to the joy means that when I have continuous, honest communication, everything is constantly getting adjusted. So at, at any point that we maybe got to a place where maybe we decide we want to change the relationship drastically or like break up in the conventional sense of that, it will happen from like a one degree adjustment it won't be this big thing that's built up it'll be like hey i thought about breaking up this morning like let's talk about that oh yeah you know what that does seem like that might be the direction this is going in okay <laughs> so yeah i think that's like that that's a core one I, honesty communication joy those three things huge huge i love that what got you first i guess how did you get into open relationships because um, you mentioned you were monogamous before. Yeah, yeah. Um, it actually happened in a few different stages. Um, one was one of my um, wonderful human beings in my life um, that we like dated, didn't date, like it was a, a nice little interesting in between. And she told me, she was like, Marco, like you're polyamorous. And I was like, what? What? One, what is that? <laughs> And two, I'm like, isn't that like something like old white people do? I'm like, that's not me, right? So I didn't, I didn't understand what that was conceptually. And then I remember that as I started looking at a lot of my past and a lot of the things that I did, like I maintained great friendships with my exes. Um, I'd be happy for them. I'm like, wow, you found another person. That sounds great, right? Like, and there was a time where um, even the partner that um, me I, that I cheated on with, like, we had a period where we we're like back together, but then like she's dating other people and I'm dating other people at the same time. And like, we come back and we talk about like sex stories and I'm like, I'm totally fine with this. Like not only totally fine, I love this level of honesty and openness that we're being in ourselves. And then um, it wasn't until I got to this place where um, one of my friends who was in a open relationship um, and actually <laughs> my podcast co-host um, Amari, um, his partner at the time was doing like Reiki and she was coming over to my house to do a Reiki session. And I was like, I got so many questions for you about polyamorous, right? Polyamory, right? And I started asking her all the questions and the shit just like clicked for me logically, emotionally, like everything. I was like, oh, Oh my God. Like, this is totally what I've been this entire time. And I just didn't know it. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I was wondering, cause I would always wonder, I'm like, why does it seem like I make so many friends? Like I love people. I love relationships. And I would always get accused of which 
we won't go into the origins of what ended up happening with the cheating, but I, I never, I never cheated on anybody except for her. And I always get accused of cheating because I'd be so fucking friendly. <laughs> and I'm like, I just like people. I'm like, like, Oh gosh, guys. Like, and, and I never understood what was wrong with me. Right. Was the, the thought process. Like what's wrong with me? Like, why can't I be with one person and just like, not even think that anybody else is attractive because that's the standard that is uh, upheld to me, at least in the world of what I know traditional monogamy is. You see this person that you love so much that your eyes are blind to all other attractions. And I'm like, yeah, that's just not working for me. Like yeah. something's wrong. My, my monogamous like download system is like, it's, it's broken, the updates not coming in. And I'm noticing that I still stay attracted to other people. Um, I still desire to be with other people and I also notice that my attachment to individuals, it seemed, how do I call it? It seemed like I wasn't needy. Um, so in the sense that it felt like, and people that dated me used to say this, like, it seems like if we broke up, you would just like move on with your life. And I'm like, yeah, what else am I supposed to do? So I started noticing like, wow, I have a, I have a lot of individual sovereignty and that sovereignty doesn't take away the love that I have for people, but I, I wasn't defining me based on the relationship. So I'm like, there's something off here. And when I ended up speaking with, um, Amari's, uh, partner about, um, this, I mean, I'll, so she, she's my but um, yeah, about, about this, um, I got this, this view of like, wow, you know, logically you have a relationship and you think that that person's the one and you're like, oh, this girl right here, like this girl, this guy, whatever, like, you know, they're the one, they, they are the one. I'm definitely going to marry them. You guys date for like one, two years, whatever you break up. Right. And after you break up, you're like, I learned so much from that relationship. Like, man, now I really know what I want in the next relationship. And you go and you find the next relationship and you're like, wow, this is so different from this last one. Like I, I learned from that one. And now this person, they really are the one. Right. Another two years goes by, whatever you guys break up, um, you rinse and repeat that same cycle. You're like, yeah, you know, I really learned a lot from that relationship, though. Right. And do it again. Right, then this person you find, you're like, now you're more mature. You're like, I'm more mature. I really understand what I want. I'm older um, and I feel grounded. And this person, I'm definitely going to marry this person. Maybe you guys do get married, right? And you know the stats. It's like 50 plus percent of that ends up in divorce. So you divorce and you're like, wow, you know, that was a whatever, seven year journey. <laughs> it's like, now I really learned a lot about myself. Like, I'm going to get it right this time. And what ends up happening is my mind starts thinking of it as like a very logical problem of like, well, wait a second, what's happening is every single time you are going through these relationships, you're sort of going in like this linear fashion, right? Like step one, step two, step three. And I, I imagine it like a sandwich, like let's take the polyamory relationship. And instead of it being this thing I'm stacking side by side, I just turn it right. And now it's this vertical thing where I'm actually having all of those relationships that I'm learning from at the same time, <laughs> it's like, it's like, I didn't have to experience them one by one. I could learn at the same time. So I, so my, the nerd in me was like, Ooh, efficiency. It's <laughs> <laughs> definitely a more efficient way. It was more efficient. Right? <laughs> and then like the heart, the heart side of that is like, Oh, and learning because 
when I'm in the relationship with that person, I'm in an echo chamber of me and them. And I start thinking that all the problems that they have with me are just about them. You know, they just don't understand me, whatever, whatever. But when I break that echo chamber and I'm able to get feedback, and it's the reason why, you know, we go and, and do coaching and why we like go out and like hear from other people. Like, what do you think about this relationship? Because we have our own little story in our head. And until somebody else from an outside perspective looks at it and says, no, 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 no. Like, I see this, then maybe it doesn't click for us. So now imagine I have multiple outside perspectives of me. So I start noticing like, you know, well, you know, Anna thinks that like I'm arrogant or whatever. Like she doesn't know what she's talking. Oh, this other girl also thinks I'm arrogant. Well, she doesn't. Well, this other girl also thinks I'm, oh, <laughs> <laughs> maybe it's me. <laughs> yeah, because you have more touch points. It's more efficient. Yes, now. you got you more reflection. Do it quicker. <laughs> So yeah, you got you got more reflection and you also for me I was like and then it also creates a space where nobody is now expected to be your everything. Mm -hmm. And I think let's be careful about that, right? Because when I say that, it's not the concept that monogamy um can't work. And ironically, most of the couples that um, I actually support our monogamous couples. So it's really great. Like we talk about all these principles and, and they would think like, I'm going to like lead them down. Like, Hey, here's how you need to have a free relationship. I'm like, no, no, no. The free relationship doesn't mean open. Doesn't mean poly. It just means like, are y'all open and honestly coming to the table as your full selves. Right. Mm -hmm. And so then when I, when I think of that, then I say, well, my, as my full self, maybe there's some edge desire that I have that my partner totally doesn't want. Like, oh man, you know, I really love dancing, but my partner is not a dancer. So now the traditional view might be, well, you know, you just get to accept that or like, you know, you can't have everything or some shit like that versus like, well, why can't I also just have a friend that's a really great dancer that I love going out with, right? And and now, now that friend could be a friend that, you know, you are also romantic with. It could be just a freaking friend, but it's the recognition that the moment that I stop buying into the belief that my partner needs to solve all problems for me, then I actually lessen the intensity of the expectations in the relationship. And I actually turn it right back on me of like, oh, I'm responsible for meeting my desires. Now, right. my partner just might happen to meet some of them because I've decided that I'm attracted to this person for some of the characteristics that meet those but it's not their responsibility to become all the things that I need, right? If that's not aligned with who they are. And that, that I think is the core of where that freedom and acceptance and possibility comes into play where I know that even if I end up wanting something that doesn't exist in our relationship, that there's a check-in of one, is it something that we both want in the relationship? If it is, then we can work on that. If it's something that I want, but she doesn't want, then go find it somewhere else. <laughs> <laughs> not that difficult <laughs> so yeah, yeah i hope that answers the question <laughs> no it definitely does because we do have needs i think to, when we start neglecting those yeah out of you know it doesn't fit or you can't have everything like you said yeah 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 really get stuff down and i've lived That's that belief. a few times in my life oh yeah yeah and we, and we believe we're supposed to push it down because you know maybe those are are bad needs or bad desires like talk about kink Right. You know, you're like, oh, I really love 
dominatrix. I want to be a dom or something. And your girl's like, I'm totally not into that. And it's like, oh, well, you know, I should probably just push that desire down. Now, well, and if you do, it's that one degree shift like you were talking about. Yeah. It's one degree. Down the road, like, it's you. You can't it's run you. from you. You can't suppress can't you. Run. Day, you're going to show up. Yes, yes. And then, then yeah. if you have that curiosity, here's the beautiful part, right? The solution, and this is where anybody that's listening to this that might be like, oh, well, you know, you just, you're just sounding like you solve all the problems just by getting another partner. I'm like, no, no, actually, that's not even the suggestion. It's, it's also take the deep inquiry into why you're desiring that thing. So I might, I might sit in the, you know, I really want to be a dom. And it's not like, okay, cool, go find yourself a dom. It's like, cool, why? Mm-hmm. Right? Dive into that why. Dive into understanding that. And what you might find is that may not be the solution. Maybe there is a solution that fits within what you and your partner can create. But the, the core is that it still gets to be addressed. Because if it's, if it's not addressed, then what ends up happening is we're parking a part of ourselves and saying, well, that part of me can't show up to this relationship, right? That part, you just need to stay in the background, dominatrix Marco. Like, you got to sit back. Right? And now, now I'm bringing a fractured version of me to a relationship, wondering why we don't feel fully in it, fully loved, fully accepted. Yeah, that's it. That, I mean, that's huge. I'm curious. Do y'all ever get in fights? Like, oh yeah, all the time. Yeah. Do you, do how, you know how, do you, how do you deal with the conflict? It's fucking hilarious. Do you know what our <laughs> fights are about? Do you know what our fights are about? What? They're about like sponges and the dishes and like how much water we use in the rice. Like, it's the pettiest shit. <laughs> <laughs> that's how you know. It's good. I, <laughs> I always joke with her. I'm like, yo, we have this relationship that people would probably be freaking out about me going out and having sex with another girl. And it's like, and that's not what we argue about. We argue <laughs> about like domestic things. <laughs> that's awesome. But it's it's funny because um, I'll say like how how we go about it is also a reason why um, what our where our relationship is is so beautiful. Um. There's this, and I know I mentioned this earlier, I love this, uh, this Liz and Molly comic that talks about um, healthy conflict, and it has unhealthy conflict, and it's me and the other person on the other side, and then the problem in the middle, it's like me versus you. And then the healthy conflict is me and the other person on the same side, and the problem's outside, right? We're staring at the problem. So uh, the most recent um, discussion that we had was about um, rice and uh, how much water I was using in the rice to boil the rice. This is, this is a real ass conversation. <laughs> she was like, um, why are you using so much rice? And I'm like, because that's how much rice I use. She's like, well, the instructions say to only use two tablespoons of rice. And I'm like, so? Like, because the fuck what the instructions say, right? And we hit this point where I'm trying to ask her, I think I was trying to ask her to explain like why that matters. And she was like, well, the instructions say it. I'm just wondering like why you use it. And then like, I got into my little frustrated mode um, because here's the beautiful part about our relationship and about what it means to have full honest awareness. I'm aware that I have a trigger of being told that I'm doing something wrong 
when there is no actual consequence or issue, right? Like, like a rule for rules sake kind of trigger. Like if somebody tells me like, well, Marco, you know, you were supposed to like walk on the right side of the street. And I'm like, why? Because that's the rule. If that's their answer, I'm like, fuck you. Don't try to hold me down. Like, so my, me doubling down on my freedom is like a big thing. And, and like the, the concept that like, yo, if you're, if you're going to enforce a rule on me, like you better explain to me why I need to follow that rule. Right. So recognizing that now this conversation that seems to be about the rice has become way bigger. Right. It immediately triggers all the times that I feel like that is happening to me from teachers or my mom or anything. Right. And I, and I'm acknowledging the awareness of that energy. So the distinction between why we probably only really have like little petty conversations left is when we have big conversations and small conversations, we're in constant awareness of speaking about our triggers, speaking about our experience, but speaking about it not from the place of like, you made me do this. It's like, ooh, I am noticing the hell <laughs> the light just got right. Interesting. Um, <laughs> just got a blessing for this part. Um, I am noticing right from a recorder's perspective. And I don't know if, if uh, anybody is listening. If you look up like nonviolent communication, um, this is a huge thing that we do a lot. It's like I speak as if I'm observing something that's irrefutable, right? It's just the, just the facts. Like when you said, um, you know, this about the rice, I, got angry. I, you know, felt this like I not you made me this not like, you know, when you were busy being a jerk and disrespecting me like no, no, like you own 100% of your experience. So as I described, and we both went back and forth talking about the rice. I'm like, yeah, you know, when you said that about the rice, like then I actually um, felt like, you know, like I was being told that I was doing something wrong. Um, so I felt wrong. I felt, you know, disrespected. I felt this. And then I was like, and then like, then I'm honest about the fact that, and actually I was a little triggered by something that um, I felt earlier. So I know that I'm bringing this into the conversation. So like, it's this, the awareness has so many layers that are like, Hey, just to give you the full download, this is me and all that I'm bringing to the table. I'm bringing to the table, my trigger right now, the trigger from like an hour ago, um, the, you know, five years ago and 10 years ago person who did something like that to me too. So I'm just letting you know, here's what's, here's what's happening right now. Right. So now, now what we do is what I call like experiencing my experience is we allow each other to experience the experience of the person as much as possible. And this is what I believe is the core of oneness. It's fucking empathy. It's like, if I recognize that at the end of the day, nobody does what they think is wrong, they're all making the right decision in their mind, then there's a reason why they came to the conclusion that they came to when that person that's on the street and fucking robs you, like they didn't go out and rob you. And they're like, Oh, man, I really shouldn't be doing this. They're like, Yeah, this is what I want to do. Like if I if I didn't desire to do it, I wouldn't do it. So when we tap into that openness of hey, I did this because this is what I desire. And Here's how I react because, you know, when I feel unsafe, then I want to close off. Or when I feel unsafe, then I want to get angry. Then it no longer is, you know, I reacted this way because you made me mad. It's like, no, no, no. There's a cause and effect. 
I am a fucking like little machine. And when my little trigger gets hit, then these are the sequence of events that I go through. Let's talk about that. So we have, we have that open dialogue. And in that open dialogue, we end up coming up with so many solutions because it's not us versus each other. It's us staring at, cool, how do we solve this problem between our two triggers? Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. I love wow. that perspective. I've never seen it. Yeah. Yeah. It's so, so awesome. You won the argument of how much water to use. <laughs> it's uh it's undecided yeah it's undecided, undecided. Right yeah you have your it's, way she has her way yeah exactly and, that, and that's also i think the beautiful part right it's like um even that question right there's a lot of um arguments quote unquote where the the main goal is not who wins right it's like we don't we don't we win by gaining understanding we don't then say, okay, cool. Well, now you have to use the amount of water that right. I use. It's right. It's like, it's an open discussion. So when I asked her about the water, right, it became a deeper realization of like her views on water conservation, like all this stuff that weren't coming up that now I'm like, cool. Like, yeah, you want to save water? I'll use less water. But it's like, but if it's, if it's like, you know, you're not following the rules and it's hitting my trigger and then I don't understand like what's deep and valuable to her that potentially I'm open to valuing as well, then we could just be stuck in a big back and forth. Of like, well, I'm not right. going to use that much water. Well, I'm just, it was like, oh, okay. That's why you, you want to do that. There's a reason why. Yeah. You know, There's a reason. In the first place, seeing it with curiosity. Like, I love that. Yep. Always a reason. Yep. Always a reason. That's amazing. So. Well, my computer is dying. Oh, shit. <laughs> so I believe we're going to have to come to an end. I forgot to plug in the charger. Right. Um, but I would love to know, because I know you've got a course and talking about relationship stuff yourself yeah are y'all going in on it together yes we are yes we are we're building uh, Where people relationship find out about game. um well right now you can sign up on uh my insta so go to my instagram so instagram.com slash m h a n s e l l and follow us for sure and then also i have a uh, text number that I do not have memorized, so. <laughs> Let's see, is it on your? Yeah, yeah on it's, it's on my Instagram, but I'll pull it up just to just to make uh, it yeah, even easier for people. So yeah, my text number, which you can uh, text, is oh damn, I thought I had it easily available. There it is. Okay, it is three one zero five zero four one four six eight. I'm gonna memorize that. And through that, um, you can get signed up for updates. So we're going to be launching our relationship, um, first relationship series within the next 30 days. So yeah, excited about that very much so. That's awesome. Yeah. I love that you're diving into to that together. Yes. Yeah. It's been this conversation. I've learned a lot. I'm sure other people have as well. So it's, oh, man. It's yeah. Oh yeah. I want, I want for everyone to be in fuck yes relationships or to realize how much of a fuck no the relationship that they're in is in. So like I yeah. like random antidote. I remember there's a couple recently um, that um, we broke up and both of them were like sending me like voice notes, like, Oh my gosh, like, thank you so much from this joyous place. Cause they're like, wow, like mm-hmm. you, you letting us know and, and helping us see that we should not be together was actually the greatest blessing. And it, it, it redefined my thinking about like, Successful relationship is not just you all staying together at all cost, right? It's like right. you both being in a space where 
you're honoring yourselves. And if honoring yourselves actually looks like you not being together, like that's a successful relationship. <laughs> right. Right. What, what real fast, we've got like five minutes um, yeah. on my computer, but what are the criteria? Maybe you've already mentioned it of compatibility. Let's go first full circle to the beginning. Yeah. When, yeah. when you're looking for like, okay, y'all just aren't fit. Like how do you yeah. come to that conclusion as a mentor? Um, I mean, I think the easiest way for me to, to say it would be a mismatch in ideal present and future vision are like mm -hmm. two huge things. So if, if you're, if you can describe the kind of relationship that you want from the values, the qualities of that person, um, the circumstances or beliefs that that person has, and it's a vast mismatch with your partner in the present day, that's already a huge red flag, yeah. right? And then, then if you flip that and you say, okay, cool, well, what if those things match, but then the vision of how we get there or where we want to go is completely separate. That's also a mismatch. Cause now, now I've got somebody and I, I joke about this all the time. It's like, we can be working on the same project in a business and be a great match for a coffee business. Like I met this guy and like, we want to build coffee together. And like, we really love coffee, but I want to build, you know, this coffee business. Cause I want to go and I don't know, freaking increase the awareness for coffee deforestation across the world. And like find the best like organic coffee plants and, and help farmers that are local with their coffee endeavors. And then my partner, who's also extremely talented at selling coffee, he wants to use the proceeds to go like buy a bunch of blow and Lamborghinis, right? Like, even though technically we both want a coffee business to succeed and we might have a lot of the same skills, our visions are going in two entirely different directions. <laughs> yeah. So like, yeah. So, so anytime you're noticing that mm, the feeling of incompatible visions of incompatible um, ways of being of how you want to go about your day, even don't ignore that stuff. Don't ignore yeah. it. And, and also, also don't think that you or the other person has to be a bad person for deciding that you don't want to be in a relationship with that person, because that is just your preference. So you can, yeah. you can literally be in a relationship with somebody You're like, wow, I mean, they treat me so great, but, um, you know, they really don't like leaving the house and I want to travel the world and I'm a big extrovert. It's like, well, <laughs> you guys are going to set yourself up for a lot of conflict. Right. Yeah. Most definitely. Yeah. This, this has been amazing. I'm sure we're going to have more conversations. Actually, oh, yeah. I want to have more conversations let's, on this. Let's please do. Uh, let's it's, please it's, do. There's so much here and dude, I, I admire you and what you've created in your life. Um, and I know it'll help a lot of people. So, Thank you oh, for being thank you, man. No, thank you for the opportunity. I love speaking about this stuff. So um, I am glad to continue to share and usually maybe collab on some stuff too. So. <laughs> sure. Uh, for everybody tuning in, all of his links and his number and everything will be down below in the show notes if you are watching on Spotify. Um, thanks again for tuning in. As always, put some heart into everything that yeah. you do today. <laughs>